With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, folks, it's Dmitry Shostak. I can't say it. Ah, darn it. Shostakovich with Waltz number two from the movie Bad Santa 1, ladies and gentlemen. And how fitting it is, here the day before Halloween, we have a little upbeat music here as we welcome you back to Wrestling Revisit for episode number 143 for Tuesday night, October the 30th, 2018, one 562 call ID one three nine nine two six pounds You can join us right now. And joining me on the line, ladies and gentlemen, here tonight as we're back in our normal time slot this week, ladies and gentlemen, from front row, Virginia is the the suplex machine, the man who every Monday hour is my tag team partner on Raw Radio, and also who has his own podcast after Raw, usually on Monday. Check under his Facebook page, Howard, at GRHS, FacebookLive.com, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome him in now, the human suplex machine, Mr. John Gross. Welcome, John, welcome to 143. It's been a long time since I've been here. Well, you picked a good moment to rejoin us here tonight, Wrestling Visit. we got a great moment for you tonight, so let's get ready to tell you where we're going to go. And, of course, time permitting, we will talk about what was a very, let's just say, chaotic, um... Cluster and also uh, crappy edition of Monday Night Raw last night in Charlotte, North Carolina. Of course, tonight they are in Atlanta, Georgia, as you know. Getting ready for SmackDown here in just a little while at the Phillips Arena. And one of the matches that we have already heard tonight, it will be Ray Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, teaming up to take on The Miz and Randy Orton. Also, Ty Dillinger. What's that? Yes, indeed. And then, of course, we got the U.S. title on the line, ladies and gentlemen. However, as the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger will take on the King of Strong Style, the former NXT World Champion, if you will, Shinsuke Nakamura. That should be a very great match as well. Speaking of Atlanta, ladies and gentlemen, that is where we're going to go tonight in our Time Machine show, Howard. So get ready, buckle up, and here's where we're going to go as we take you back to 1983. Yes, folks, and the event that is simply called Howard. Now you can see it live. 
live on the WWE Network. It was all in the magazines, of course, back in the day before there was Internet, before there was cell phones. Heck, before there was even journal. there was a few journals around, but they covered this event, and we're covering it for you right now, ladies and gentlemen, which, by the way, you can see this event also live on the WWE Network, ladies and gentlemen. It is simply called The Last Battle of Atlanta. Yes, folks, it was held in October of 1983, one month before the granddaddy of the mall officially got underway, Starcade 83 from Greensboro. At the time, the NWA Mid-Atlantic Territory, which had done shows, of course, in places like the Carolines in Florida, had not touched upon Georgia that much, except for a few places in Georgia, but they were not becoming famous quite yet in the city of Atlanta. That would change a few years later, obviously, the Starcade 85, the gathering, but at this time, however... Georgia Championship Wrestling, Howard, which was still around, Howard, and sort of like a, uh, let's just say, assistant helper to Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, was running out of time. They were running on fumes, if you will. And within six months, however, they would be bought out by Vince McMahon and the Crockett's, if you will, <coughs> let's just say. But around this time, however, they were still having some pretty good events in the Atlanta Omni, which had been built only five years before. And on this particular night, one month before Starcade 83, however, they decided to host a big event, however, simply called The Last Battle of Atlanta. The only thing that was weird about this, though, <clears throat> oddly enough, ladies and gentlemen, not only was the event held in the Omni, however, but there was no announcing. That's right, no announce team here. Unusual, huh? Well, we'll tell you why it was unusual as we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, and tell you our thoughts here as we break down the eight-match spectacular card that happened here in the Omni. Of course, as we said, 10,000 people packed into this show so that you know they were going to see a good show here tonight. And, of course, this matchup and show was special for two particular matches that were on the show. But other than that, it wasn't a bad show. I've had a chance to go back and watch some of it already, Howard, and I can tell you from what I've seen so far, it's been a pretty half-decent show so far, but I haven't got to the two good matches yet. Anyway, let's tell you about what happened here on the show as we now take you back to October 23, 1983, just two months before Bob Backlund dropped the WWF Championship belt in Madison Square Garden. Our first match of the night was Les Thornton taking on Chief Joe Lightfoot. Chief Lightfoot, of course, better known by his real name, Joe Ventura, as he was from Quebec and had most of his success in Stampede Wrestling, home of the Heart Dungeon family trio, if you will, Howard, who retired five years later, takes on a guy who in the 80s, Howard, was bouncing around from territory to territory. From, of course, GCW to the WWE, where he played an opening job guy, however, for most shows in places like Philadelphia, New York, Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh, among others, however. Takes on the Chief here at a very interesting match, if you will. In the end, however, Thornton pulls off the upset, however, and defeats the Chief, however, surprisingly, in nine and a half minutes, despite the fact that... Okay, that was an okay match. I got my thoughts on that already. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask John his thoughts, but he already filled me in there, so there you go. We don't need to ask John what his thoughts are on this matchup, so I guess John gave us our answer, so there you go. Uh, but again, Thornton did win the match here at about 7-9, to nine, near 9 and a quarter minutes, if you will. As a result, however, he won as he trapped the legs of the Chief, however, and got the pin, however, while doing a bridge, however, here, surprisingly, and picked up the victory by defeating him here in the Omni. 
Up next, Tower, a very unique individual and a guy who, of course, whose father was a big-time legend in the sport. Bruno San Martino Jr., better known to you all as David San Martino, was actually wrestling around this time, Howard, in the Georgia Territory, Howard, and of course a few years later, or not even a few years later, less than six months later, would show up in the WWE where he would wrestle for the next few years, if you will, Howard. But on this night, Howard, he took on a guy, Howard, who was uh, an on-again, off-again guy, Howard, who really never amounts to much, however, in the form of Pat Rose. David Jr., of course, David, of course, was known as Bruno Jr. around this time, but then had his uh, character name changed from Bruno Jr. to his full name, David San Martino, when he got into the WWE less than a couple months later. And, of course, he would stay in the WWE until late 1985 before, let's just say, a screw job, a questionable uh, finish, however, led him to being dismissed, however, should I say, led him to walking out of the WWE, however, a couple of years after this. As a result, however, mind you, David ended up picking up the win against young Pat Rose here this one hour inside of six minutes. And as we said, ladies and gentlemen, it wouldn't be until a few years later that David, of course, would have his father by his side, however, if you will, as the two of them, of course, would uh, get into a feud with Brutus the Barber Beefcake and his young protege, Johnny Valiant, if you will, in the first ever WrestleMania. John, your thoughts about this between Bruno Jr., a.k.a. David San Martino, and Pat Rose? Oh, good match, good match. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, and like I said, folks, of course, David San Martino, as you know, of course, as we all know, ladies and gentlemen, of course, how I would go on, of course, two years later to leave, I mean, for the next few years, would be in the w, uh, WWE, if you will. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, like I said, folks, I would lead his way into, um, excuse me, would be uh, leading him down the road, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, of course. Whoops, sorry about that, folks. Sorry, I made a mistake there. I hit the wrong button there, folks. Anyway, uh, like I said, as a result, of course, we would see what would happen, however, shortly thereafter, when he got trapped in a, let's just say, precarious position, if you will, let's just say. Before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you that coming up tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk about the aftermath of Evolution and Monday Night Raw and Revolution. Begin at 9 p.m. You can join John, myself, and the rest of the panel. It's too tough to handle, including King NWO, George T. Smith, the Black Widow, Michelle Lindos, the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, the Last Kicker, Empress herself, Anne Marie Rickenbach, the JML Experience, the Jeff... Big guy, Hugh Jeff Teeters, the Rush, Ronda Rush Wright, the Lowdown, Kendrick Smith, and the rest of the panel. One three eight five two one pound. Of course, Gerard. Oh five five. Oh five five. Excuse me, my mistake. Oh five five. Thank you, there, John. Uh, John will have our birthdays and dates, of course, in history. However, for us, and of course, Gerard and I will have the news headlines too, including a particular wrestler who has already said how he is not going to crown Jewel after another one said last night the same thing. Who is it and why? We'll let you know at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. And then tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we have an action-packed triple stacker for you on Halloween night. Join us with some tricks and treats hour here as we started off at 6.30 p.m. with Outside the Ropes, the latest politics, movies, and sports, including the movie trivia challenge with John, myself, and Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw. 8 o'clock, The Black Widow, Michelle and Dodds, myself, Gerard, and the rest of the panel will be back at the Halloween spectacular debate table, however, 139925 pound. And then at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, recap SmackDown for you and give you an early preview maybe of Crown Jewel as well tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, on Revolution 13805 pound. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that'll be coming up tomorrow night. And then Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, we start off November 
and a few weeks still Survivor Series with a very interesting edition of Wolfpack Radio, 138521-pound. And then Friday we wrap it up, of course, with Revolution once again. And, of course, Friday will be a very unique show because not only is it the end of the week, folks, it's going to be a special day on Friday as my father will be celebrating his birthday this Friday. So, folks, I might, might, maybe or maybe not be showing up for that. I'll let you know more throughout the week, but I should be there, ladies and gentlemen, as it will be an action-packed Friday night here this week, however, as it'll be my father's birthday. And then, of course, Saturday, we got a triple stacker, or excuse me, not a triple stacker, a double header view, starting with uh, Power Hour 141364 at 6 p.m., and then possibly a return engagement of Wrestling Trivia Challenge 146507 pound, 8 p.m. this week. However, we're not sure if that is still going to happen or not, but we'll keep you up to date on what's going on there. And then, of course, Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back together again at Raw Radio, 3 p.m. delays football and the uh, uh, college news, how as well as the wrestling headlines, and of course we'll also give you the birthdays and dates as well. One three ten four four pound, and of course we'll be updating you throughout the afternoon of what's going on over in the UK as the WWE superstars will be taping their show this Monday live from Manchester, England, if you will, at the Manchester Evening News Arena. Now our next match was a very unique match, ladies and gentlemen. It was mask versus mask, however, if you will, and we'll tell you why that is because this is what it was supposed to be. Originally, it was supposed to be Mr. Wrestling 1 versus Mr. Wrestling 2, but Wrestling Run was injured, Howard, so they decided to put in a big man by the name of Bob Roop as a substitute. Now, the rules were... I've never heard of that guy before. (laughs) What's that? I said, I've never heard of him. Well, we'll tell you a little bit about him. Anyway... Mr. Wrestling 1, however, will unmask if he loses. In fact, the entire kind of thing was of a moot point because Tim Woods, the man who was involved in the plane crash with Ric Flair, David Crockett, Howard, and Johnny Valentine, Howard, his last ever match was about a month before this anyway, and he was effectively retired due to an injury. Now, at the time, however, mind you, however, a lot of people saw that Mr. Wrestling 2 would go on to Mid-South Wrestling, if you will, I believe shortly after this, and uh, start working with a young man by the name of Terry Allen, better known to you all as Magnum T.A. Anyway, in the end, however, Roop ends up, however, mind you, however, uh, gets cut off, however, and because of this, however, Mr. Wrestling 1 has to unmask himself, however, as Mr. Wrestling 2, however, has the last laugh, however, if you will, against Bob Roop and Mr. Wrestling 1 inside of 11 minutes. Uh, John, your thoughts about this matchup as Mr. Wrestling 2 picks up the win over his uh, younger sibling, if you will, Mr. Wrestling 1? Good match, good. Indeed, and of course the match, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, went 11 minutes, just in case you're curious. John, I think you'll be interested in this next one. You've heard of this guy, however, and he, of course, was taking on Brett Wayne Sawyer, the brother of Buzz Sawyer, if you will. The, of course, Brett Wayne was the man who trained Ken Sharrock. But this guy, however, he took on was a guy we know all too well and is a Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, I'm talking about the snake man himself, Jake the Snake Roberts, if you will, who at the time was originally from Louisiana, not from his home state of Georgia, if you will, surprisingly. Anyway, I watched this match earlier today, however. In the end, however, Ole Anderson, however, came into the ring along with Brett's brother Buzz, however, if you will, to try to stop Jake from going crazy, if you will. Jake, of course, needless to say, however, however, thought he had won the match inside of 22 minutes. However, much like a Vince Russo or Dusty Rhodes standpoint, however, Jake did not read the fine print because referee stoppage does not count, however, only by pinfall or submission, Wayne retains. Arn Anderson literally dives into the ring and asks the referee to stop the match. Anyway, at this point, this sounds like Jake's going to win the championship of the national title, however. 
With that being aside, how Buzz Sawyer gets in Jake's face and threatens to mess him up by messing with his little brother. Jake kind of flips him off, however, and flips the crowd off in the process, too, however, as he heads to the back, however, as the fans are giving him big-time heat for this. Just when you thought Jake had the title in his hand, it didn't turn out to be that way. But, John, this was actually a killer, killer match, and it was one of the more intense matches of the evening. Your thoughts about Sawyer and the Steak Man? Oh, I'm sure it was. I mean, Jake was getting a big-time round of heat at this time. A lot of people were not sure uh, what he was doing, however. A lot of people thought, however, that he was arrogant and, uh, I'm going to say prissy, but he was just really acting like a total jerk. Of course, this would be a couple months later. He would take on another guy that he would get into a program with, who was in our next match, if you will. Gary Hart in the Great Kabuki. Yes, folks, Gary Hart in the Great Kabuki, of course, from World Class Championship Wrestling, who, of course, Kabuki a month later would take it on the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, if you will, Howard, the man simply known as Charlie Brown, the man from out of town, if you will, taking on the man with the hands of stone, if you will, the guy who Jake had a pretty good feud with for about six months, for a little while after this, or I believe close to six months after this, before Jake would go on down to Mid-South and, of course, do his thing before showing up in the WWE a short time later, however, and that was the man with the hands of stone, as we said, Ronnie Garvin. Now, originally, Garvin was not real impressed with Kabuki and Gary Hart and told the referee to send Hart back to the dressing room. Hart did not listen, unfortunately, to the referee, and instead, the referee allowed him to stay at ringside. Because of this, however, many people thought, however, this was going to be a TV title time limit match, and this is what was so funny. Kabuki at the time, however, basically, however, told his opponent, however, if he could not beat him within a certain amount of time, he would stay the TV champion. Well, because of this, however, Garvin looked like he was going to win the TV title, however, somehow, some way. Unfortunately, that was not the case here, and as a result, he had a chance to, uh, let's just say, come up a little short in this department, however, despite a good effort, however. Shortly thereafter, Garvin continued to try to chop down the Japanese young warrior, if you will, along with Gary Hart. But once again, Gary uh, Hart got in his face again, and Garvin decided to take more action than one, Howard, and basically rip his head off, Howard, just basically start punching him to no end. Unfortunately, Kabuki came out of nowhere, Howard, and snuck in a pinfall, if you will, over Garvin, if you will, and as a result, retained the TV championship shortly thereafter, and remained the TV champion for a little while longer, until uh, Charlie Brown would win the title for a little while at Starcade. Excuse me, Starcade. A month later, however, and then, of course, shortly thereafter, however, we would see what would happen, however, as Kabuki and Hart would take off from the Mid-Atlantic Territory towards Championship Wrestling, if you will, and head to World Class Championship Wrestling. Your thoughts about this? Good grief, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yes. <coughs> that was, of course, Jimmy Valiant under the mask at the time. Of course, uh, at the time, uh, Gary Hart said, however... That it was Jimmy Valiant all along. Jimmy had been suspended, if you will, however, for a little while because of some actions against Kabuki and Hart. And uh, told Jimmy Crockett prior to Starcade 83, if you will, however, that he should not be allowed to wrestle. But, unfortunately, Valiant did wrestle, however, and as a result, he would defeat Kabuki and capture the TV title. Unfortunately, he would not hold it that long. Your thoughts about this one? Oh, okay, Matt. This was an okay Matt. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Up next, of course, was our third to last match of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. And here's another team that you might know very well, though, John. The debut of Hawk and Animal. Yes, folks, the Road Warriors, if you will, are coming into the National Wrestling Alliance, however, as the National Tag Team Champions at the time, however. Paul Ellering, of course, who would be... Uh, managing them uh, throughout the decade, however, would make an impact later on in the show, however. 
but at the time, Ellering was not with them. Because of this, however, the Warriors came on TV, however, a few weeks before this, however, and demanded, however, a tag title shot. And, well, let's just say they got it, and they actually won their first belts, their first uh, month and a half, two months into the company. And they would take on Jimmy Valiant, who was not Charlie Brown yet, but uh, just himself, however. And also he would have a partner in the form of Pistol Pez Watley, if you will. Pistol Pez, of course, would later feud with Jimmy Valiant, along with Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, and number one Paul Jones in the Paul Jones Army later on in the 80s. Valiant, of course, would uh, go on to uh, bigger things in Starcade, of course. In 84, he would team up, of course, uh, take on Paul Jones in a tuxedo uh, street fight, if you will, and lose that one. 1985, him and Ronnie Garvin, known as Miss Atlanta Lively, would take on Jim Cornette's Midnight Express. And then in 86, he would face Paul Jones again, believe it or not, however, with his manager, Big Mama, if you will, later on his wife, if you will, taking on Paul Jones again. But this time, however, Manny Fernandez, however, the one person that Valiant could trust and know, it's not the Manny Fernandez football player we're talking about, the Miami Dolphins, no-name defense of 72, the undefeated Dolphins, mind you. No, no, this is another Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull Manny Fernandez we're talking about, who a good friend of ours, uh, Michael Sam Houston, has talked about on our show a couple times, and also another good friend of ours who uh, we talked about him at one time, and we had him on our show, our late good friend from the Lone Star State, Manny Villalobos, if you will, who had had some uh, in-ring matches with the Raging Bull, if you will. As a result, Valiant, of course, found Pistol Pez Watley uh, as a good guy at this time, and so Valiant, of course, who had come by way of the WWE, of course, in the late 70s, early 80s, after teaming up with his uh, storyline brothers, uh, Jerry and Jimmy, if you will, Jerry and Johnny, if you will, how known as the Valiant Brothers, how found a way to get Pistol Pez Watley to be his teammate. As a result, this match didn't go very long, and it ended in a double DQ, and because of this, however, the Road Warriors remained the champions, however, despite the fact that Valent and Watley thought they had actually pulled off the upset and defeated Hawk and Amel. But at the time, Ole Anderson, of course, thought, however, these guys were uh, just uh, starting to get their, uh, let's just say, itch, and uh, let's just say their, um, besides itch, their uh, uh, early... Uh, Fan favorite, uh, I can't even say it. They were sort of, sort of becoming an early fan favorite. Let's just say, let's just say. Uh, John, your thoughts about Hawk and Amel here on this uh, memorable uh, first appearance? However, taking on Jimmy V and uh, Pistol Pez Watley. Very memorable. And of course, we would uh, see Hawk and Animal, of course, uh, not show up at Starcade, believe it or not. Until three years later, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, until 1986. But on this night, however, they kind of uh, got their footing in the door, if you will. And, of course, it wouldn't be until two years later that they would make their first pay-per-view appearance. Actually, I made a mistake. Not three years later. It was two years later, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, at the Great American Bash, 1985, against the Russian duo of Ivan Koloff, the Russian bear, and Nikita Koloff, or Crusher Khrushchev, if you will, a.k.a. Barry Darso, the repo man. Nikita, of course, known as the Russian Nightmare, of course, uh, the Russian bear being Uncle Ivan Koloff, who, as I said before, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is the man who, uh, in 1971, defeated Bruno San Martino for the WWF title in January of that year, however, only to lose it three weeks later to Pedro Morales. Um, sorry. <clears throat> sorry about that, folks. I had something caught my throat. I got it out now. Uh, but as we said, folks... Uh, Sad to say, we lost Uncle Ivan last February, however, believe it or not. And this is a guy who I feel how it should be put in the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, this guy had so many great battles over the years with guys like Dusty Rhodes, Bruno, uh, Pat Patterson was another guy. He was also managed, of course, by some unique individuals, including uh, Freddie Blassie, Lou Albano, 
among others, if you will. And he, of course, wrestled for 30, 35 years, if you will. And like we said, of course, he hit all sorts of territories, whether it be the WWF, the WWE, the NWA, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, if you will, uh, Mid-South Wrestling, ECW for a brief time, especially in its early years. Uh, this is a guy who I feel should go into the Hall of Fame, if you ask me. Up next, of course, was one of the better matches of the night. This was the match that everyone was paying to see, of course. This was sort of like a precursor to Mick Foley and The Undertaker, if you will. Only thing was, however, this was a little bit uh, before Taker and Mick Foley's time, if you will, however. Even though Mick Foley had seen a great match, however, five days before this event, between Superfly Snooker and Don Morocco in his hometown of New York at the legendary Madison Square Garden. This one was sort of a precursor to the Hell in a Cell of 98, and this until 1998 was actually billed as one of the greatest Hell in a Cell moments in history. Uh, it's top to find actually anywhere on DVD, whether it be online, but on the WWE Network, if you do have it right now, you can go back and watch this memorable entire show from beginning to end, and I'm going to have a chance to watch this match again, however, in, coming up in the next few uh Days, however, if you will, I'm really looking forward to seeing it once again. It was Buzz Sawyer. Yes, folks, we talked about Brett Wayne Sawyer's uh, younger brother, Buzz, saving him from earlier in the evening, however, if you will. As a result, Buzz Sawyer, of course, will be taking on the man known simply as Wildfire Tommy Rich, if you will. Uh, this was a brutal match, and the thing that was pretty wild, however, about this, however, there was some stakes in this match, however. Uh, Paul Ellering, however, basically, however, basically was in a shark cage, if you will, and because of this, he was not allowed to be at the ringside area of uh, Sawyer. And the rules were, if Buzz lost, however, then Paul Ellery would have to fight Ole Anderson. If Rich lost, however, and Buzz won, however, the match would be null and void, and that would kind of end the uh, feud once and for all. This feud had been building up for the past year or so, and as a result, these guys absolutely literally beat each other to a pillar to post, if you will. In the end, however, Tommy Rich picks up the win. Uh, John, this was one of the most brutal matches I could ever recall next to Mick Foley and Taker. Like I said, if you've not seen this yet, or if anyone has not seen this yet, I suggest you check this out. This could have gone 20-25 minutes, if you ask me. In the end, the wildfire definitely scorched Buzz Sawyer and ended his chances of winning here. Your thoughts about this brutal match between Sawyer and Rich? Very brutal. I couldn't hear you. What did you say there? I said that was a brutal match. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this feud had been building up for almost a year, however, up to this point, however, so go figure. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we have our final match of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, however. Paul Ellering taking on Ole Anderson. Ole comes out in street clothes and just beats the living tarp out of Ellering. Ole and Ellering would have history with each other later on in the decade with the Road Warriors and the Horsemen thing. In the end, however, mind you, Ole Anderson won up Paul Ellering, at least on this night, however, if you will, despite the fact that the fans were starting to file out at this point, however, in nine and a half minutes. Your thoughts about the closing part of this show? Oh, I'm giving it an okay, good show. Yes, I would too, indeed. I would too, indeed. And uh, overall, ladies and gentlemen, I have to give this show on a scale of one to ten. I'm going to give this show about a six out of ten. Uh, the Sawyer-Rich match was pretty good, but I still think that Wayne Roberts is worth watching. It is as brutal as they come. I would say the second best match behind is Sawyer and Rich. The worst match of the night, oddly enough, as crazy as it sounds, however, I would have to say was Bruno Jr., a.k.a. David San Martino's match. I thought it could have been a lot better, so that's what I thought of the affair overall. John, your uh, final thoughts about uh, the memorable show of The Last Battle of Atlanta. I'd give it a good show.
Indeed, uh, indeed. Okay, thank you very much, John. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, John and my thoughts are on this show. Uh, now, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, we want to tell you, however, we want to wish also, however, before we get into anything else, however, ladies and gentlemen, however, a happy 45th birthday to the Radar Superstar Edge, who turns 45 today. So, happy birthday, Edge. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we can tell you that tonight, how our mixed match challenge is going to be a very interesting match, ladies and gentlemen. We've already heard how that tonight, however, we've got AJ Styles and Charlotte Flair taking on Rusev Day and Lana. And yes, folks, also, ladies and gentlemen, it will be Braun Strowman and Ember Moon taking on Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox, if you will. So, folks, that is going to be very interesting to say, ladies and gentlemen, those are the two matches listed for tonight's show in the Phillips Arena, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, however, right after Monday Night Raw. Also, All I can say is Jinder and Alicia better get these hands. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of getting hands on, let's talk about last night's, uh, well, chaotic show, if you will, last night in Charlotte, if you will. We saw at the beginning of the show uh, what happened at the start, how it was Ron Strowman and then, uh, Baron Corbin, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman show up, of course. We saw what happened because of this. And as a result, Brock Lesnar, let's say, sent a message to the monster, if you will, despite the fact that he angered him at the same time. Overall, however, we also saw some intensity between uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Seth Rollins wanted an answer as to why Dean Ambrose attacked him last week. Dean did not give us a definitive answer. We saw a little bit of intensity between the four competitors that will be fighting this Sunday at Crown Jewel between uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels against the Brothers of Destruction, Hal Kane and The Undertaker. We also saw a couple women's matches, including a 10-person women's tag. Overall, from top to bottom, what things did you take out of last night's show that uh, were good and could have been better in your eyes? Good was the 10-man tag and DX, Undertaker, and Kane. Yes. The bad parts were Corbin, dissing on Roman Reigns. Yes, and I don't know what else. Well, no question about it. You bring up some very good points. And you talk about, uh, like I said, uh, like I said, what happened last night, Howard, which was very interesting. I mean, you talk about Baron Corbin, however, like I said, Howard. I mean, it was very interesting to see what happened last night, like I said. Uh, as you know, a lot of people are still talking about, of course, uh, what he said last night. That was rather very interesting. Uh, no question about it. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have mixed uh, thoughts about last night's show. You're exactly right, however. Uh, like I said, however, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of people talk about that. And we'll talk more about that in just a second, as I'll be right back in two seconds. So hold on. Hello. Hello. Uh, but as we said, folks, it was a very uh, interesting night last night, and John is, of course, referring to uh, one of the things that happened last night that uh, is definitely raising a lot of eyebrows, of course, is the comments made by Baron Corbin last night, if you will. Of course, Baron Corbin taking a cheap shot on uh, Roman Reigns, if you will, and uh, also Roman Reigns' fans and uh, family, if you will, of course, saying, Howard, despite the fact that he is still battling leukemia, and we are praying that uh, Roman does get better soon, ladies and gentlemen, however. Uh, what happened last uh, night uh, involving, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, 
was just uh, rather, let's just say, very unique, if you will. Uh, he definitely had a lot to say. Of course, as you know, of course, a lot of people, uh, like I said, he was definitely uh, voicing his opinion, let's just say. I don't know who fed him the line. I don't know who said the line. But I'll tell you one thing, folks. I thought it was, just, like John said, very disrespectful, very classless, if you ask me, that WWE would uh, take a cheap shot like that against Roman, considering Roman is battling a very serious illness, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, however, if you will, however. And because of this last night, however, let's just say, however, Roman, um, I'm sure, along with WWE fans, however, were absolutely appalled of what uh, Braun, or not Braun, uh, but Baron Corbin said, if you will, by saying how even though, however, I am getting better, and even though we're praying for you to get better, however, we don't want you back on Monday Night Raw because you're too much of a headache and a hassle. I mean, I'm sorry. I just thought that was absolutely despicable, that was deplorable, and that was just downright just showing no uh, utter uh, feelings at all. And I know for a fact that uh, Dave Meltzer said, however, in his poll today, that uh, that was one of the few things, however, mind you, however, that really disturbed him about last night. And I can't say I blame Dave for being angry about that, too. Uh, a lot of people still just wondering, what the heck are you thinking by saying that line? Of course, a lot of people talking about the aftermath, of course, uh, with what happened uh, between the Brothers of Destruction and D-Generation X. But speaking of Braun Strowman, I'm going to talk about this now. We've talked about this quite a bit as of late, however, in other places, too. Not just here on this show, but on the other shows as well. Uh, we've talked about Braun Strowman, of course, as you know, taking on Brock Lesnar, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, coming up this uh, Friday uh, afternoon at Crown Jewel. That being said, folks, how I'll tell you right now how I think WWE, how our, I mean, I don't know why they keep thinking that this is going to be a great show, this is going to be a successful show. I just, I really don't, you know, I just, I just don't think it's going to be one of the better shows of the year. Having said that, mind you, we saw what happened last week, of course, or not last week, I should say, last night, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, how are involving, however, let's just say the Beast and Paul Heyman, and what they said, how are involving, however, Braun Strowman by capturing the Universal title, however, and this and that, however, uh, I wish them good luck on that. I, I, I really do. I don't think they're going to do it this week. I really don't. But I will say this, however, if they think, but as I said oh, before, folks, I'll get it. If, they, if they think for one minute they're going to leave, however, if they're going to leave Saudi Arabia with that Universal title still in their hands, and they think they're going to, uh, like I said, however, they're going to capture the championship, if you will, however, and find a way to just basically walk out of the WWE, however, and still stay the champion, however. Well, like I said, they better have an outcome. I'll tell you right now, however, they better think twice, because I'll tell you right now, if they think they're going to leave Saudi Arabia with the gold, however, and like I said, folks, if they think they're going to leave, however, mind you, if they think they're going to leave, however, with that gold in their hands, and find a way to just I, like I said, stay, stay as the champion or get back get back the universal title that was once in their hands, however. Well, guess what? Vince McMahon and his attorneys are going to go after Paul Heyman. They're going to go after Brock Lesnar and his attorneys as well, if they do have attorneys on standby, and find a way to get that belt back in their hands. As I'll tell you right now, Brock thinks he's going to go to the UFC with that belt, however, and laugh in the WWE's face and tease them like neater, 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 however, and find a way to just basically stay the champion, however, and just find a way to piss all over the fans and piss all over that belt, he better think twice. And, John, I know we talk about this quite a bit, Howard. It seems like every week, Howard. But last night, Howard, I kind of, uh, 
let's just say, got a little, uh, I wouldn't say intense, but I would say also it became a little bit, let's just say, unique last night, involving the Beast and uh, Paul Heyman, however. Or not the Beast. It did. And Paul, and Paul, yeah, the Beast and Paul Heyman. And I was going to say, let's hear your thoughts on this issue, because I know you have quite a bit to say. Uh, it was crazy, to say the least. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And, of course, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, Crown Jewel will be on the WWE Network coming up this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, at, 10, at high noon, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. So those of you on the West Coast who uh, want to celebrate breakfast uh, with the WWE, you can do so this uh, coming week, ladies and gentlemen, however, as they will be having Crown Jewel at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, your time, ladies and gentlemen, 12 o'clock noon, lunchtime here in the East. 6 o'clock, however, mind you, out there in Saudi Arabia, 7 o'clock, whatever time it is, over in Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, uh, uh, back here in the States, it'll be 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock, however, uh, Rocky Mountain Time. So, folks, those are just some of the uh, places, however, you can check out, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, this week, however, believe it or not. Hey, J.D.? Yeah. I'm going to head on out. I got dinner to take care of. All right. Why don't you go ahead? I'm going to do some other things here and try to keep things going okay. here while you're out. About, we'll catch you at 9 o'clock then. All right. The human suplex machine, John Gross, now leaving us apparently because of a prior commitment. That's understandable. John, uh, we'll talk to you again here at 9 o'clock. So thank you for joining us here this evening. Uh, certainly, uh, we definitely enjoyed having you on this evening, giving your thoughts and everything like that. And we'll definitely be checking back in with you in a little bit this evening, so uh, thank you for coming on the line tonight. Uh, that being said, folks, uh, let's see, some other stuff going on, of course, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, we told you, of course, we would have an update on where you can catch the WWE in action at a facility near you. Well, folks, we can tell you right now, we already have, ladies and gentlemen, uh, some news on where you can catch the WWE in action at a facility near you as far as the month of December goes, and I believe some dates for January as well for 2019, so let's tell you about those dates. Uh, right now, if we can. First off, Monday, December 3rd, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out the superstars, ladies and gentlemen, of course, in Houston. That's right, Houston, Texas, ladies and gentlemen, at the Toyota Compact Center, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, they will be doing a live event there in Houston, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just, just get that going here in just a second. Uh, I'll tell you where you can be. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, we want to tell you that coming up on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, November 16th, ladies and gentlemen, in Blackwood, New Jersey, at the Adventureland Store, ladies and gentlemen, however, come meet Nia Jax. Yes, folks, Nia Jax will be signing autographs, however, two days before the Survivor Series in Voorhees, New Jersey, coming up on the 16th of November, ladies and gentlemen, as the Irresistible Force will be meeting with her fans there a couple of days before uh, the show, however, ladies and gentlemen, in Voorhees, New Jersey, from 5 to 7 p.m. there at uh, the Adventureland store there. Tickets are required for an autograph and photo opportunity, and the availability is limited. So those of you who are trying to get your tickets now, start getting them soon, because if you don't, you're going to be shut out. Then, November 17th, we already told you about the NXT show in Los Angeles, of course, but before NXT that day, ladies and gentlemen, you can come meet Carmella. Yes, folks, Carmella will be signing autographs that day at 8500 Washington Boulevard, however, if you will, in Pico Rivera, California, from 4 to 6, the day before the Survivor Series. But, folks, only the first 200 fans are guaranteed to meet Carmella. So if you're uh, one of the first 200, congrats. If you're not, however, try to get your tickets soon because they'll be selling out very quickly for that event as well in Pico Rivera. 
Now, here's where we're going to be, ladies and gentlemen, coming up here, as we said, on Tuesday, December 4th. Tuesday, December 4th, ladies and gentlemen, the superstars invade Austin. Yes, folks, Austin, Texas, ladies and gentlemen, the home of the UT Longhorns, ladies and gentlemen, or SmackDown Live, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, however, at the Frank Irwin Center on that night. Then, ladies and gentlemen, Monday night, December the 10th, ladies and gentlemen, we head back to San Diego. Yes, folks, San Diego, if you will, at the Valley View, View Casino Center, as Monday Night Raw will be coming to you live from the 619, ladies and gentlemen, in San Diego. Then, Tuesday, December 11th, ladies and gentlemen, the superstars head to Sin City. Yes, folks, Las Vegas, Nevada, four days before my birthday, if you will, live at the Thomas & Mack Center in Sin City, and tickets are already in sale for that big event live in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. Then, coming up, Sunday, December 16th, ladies and gentlemen, the Superstars invade San Jose for TLC, the final show of 2016, excuse me, not 2016, 2018, if you will. Then the next night, Monday, December 17th, we head to Sacramento at the Golden One Center, if you will. And then Tuesday, December 18th, the week before Christmas, we wrap up our California three-day excursion, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, in Fresno at the Save Mart Center in Fresno, California. Now, as we said, we already told you about Pittsburgh and Detroit, so we don't need to go over that again, ladies and gentlemen, but we can tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, however, coming up on Monday, January 7th, the Superstars on the first night of the Monday night year, ladies and gentlemen, we will be in Orlando. That's right, folks, Orlando, ladies and gentlemen, however, coming to you live, however, in the Magic Kingdom there in Orlando. Now, we do not know where else we're going to be, however, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, however, in January, and as of yet, but we will let you know. However, according to reports, ladies and gentlemen, unless something changes, however, coming up on Friday, January 11th next year, ladies and gentlemen, live at the Ace Comic Con from 4.30 to 8, ladies and gentlemen, come meet Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, and possibly maybe, depending on how he's feeling at this time, the big dog. Yes, folks, Roman Reigns will be there, however, coming up. In January, ladies and gentlemen, in Arizona, if you will, meeting his fans, if you will, however, hopefully, depending on how he's feeling, however, coming up next January, or in a couple months from now, however, in January. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, as we told you, of course, uh, we will be in Los Angeles coming up in less than three and a half weeks as NXT War Games 2, as well as Survivor Series. Monday Night Raw, and yes, folks, even SmackDown, will be coming to you live right before Thanksgiving from the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, if you will. And this weekend, folks, here's where you can check out the superstars at a facility near you. Of course, first off, for NXT fans, however, at the Palm Beach County Convention Center Thursday night, we will be there in West Palm Beach. Then, of course, this Saturday, Friday night, we'll be at the Havert L. Fenn Center in Fort Pierce, Florida. Coral Gables, Florida, near the University of Miami, the U, if you will, at the Fieldhouse at Watsco Center, if you will, in Coral Gables this Saturday. And then next weekend, ladies and gentlemen, we will be, however, at the Coco Armory next Thursday night. Next Friday at the University Arena CDC Gymnasium in Tampa. At the Midtown Cultural Educational Center next Saturday, if you will, however, the 10th, two weeks from the Saturday, I should say, in Daytona Beach, Florida. Meanwhile, however, as far as the Raw and SmackDown brand, here's where you can check out the superstars at a facility near you. Friday night, of course, at the King Saud University Stadium in Raida, Saudi Arabia. The Wisnik Center in Madrid, Spain this Saturday night, as well as the Cardiff Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales, if you will. 
fun day, of course, at the Palau Saint Jordi in Barcelona, Spain. Meanwhile, at the BHGE Arena in Aberdeen, Scotland, if you will, this Sunday evening. At the Birmingham Arena in Birmingham, England, of course, this Monday. The first direct arena in Leeds, England, next Tuesday. At the Land Excess Arena in Cologne, Germany. And at the Motor Point Arena a week from tomorrow and a week from uh, tomorrow as well. At the Fest Hall in Frankfurt a week from this Thursday as well as the SSE Arena in Wembley in London. And then a week from Friday, if you will, at the Brighton Center in Brighton, England, however, before they wrap up the Howard, the Tour Day Tower in Minehead, England, a week from Saturday at the Butlins Arena. That's a real name, by the way, Butlins, B-U-T-L-I-N-S Arena. And then at the Palo Lotto Matica Arena in Rome, Italy, ladies and gentlemen. So that is where you can check out all the superstars coming to you in the next week, week and a half. If you so, folks, it's going to be a lot of fun, however. Let's just say how over the next few weeks, if you will, however. So, folks, uh, not much else uh, going on, however, to report. Of course, as you know, the NFL trade deadline was today, as you know. Some big deals going down among them, however. The Green Bay Packers, of course, traded their superstar, if you will. Haha, Clinton Dix, D-I-X, that is, by the way, who has been a starter since his rookie season in 2014 and who becomes an unrestricted free agent after the season, and who was a first-round pick and made the Pro Bowl in 2016, was traded to John's boys, the Washington Redskins, for a fourth-round draft pick, however, mind you, earlier this afternoon. Ty Montgomery, believe it or not, was traded to the Baltimore Ravens, if you will, after fumbling away a goal opportunity, however, this past Sunday, however, if you will, in Los Angeles to beat the L.A. Rams, if you will. As a result, the Packers will receive a seventh-round draft pick in 2020, if you will. Montgomery, of course, was a third-round pick in 2015, if you will, with the Packers. So the Packers do making the Packers making some major noise, if you will. Also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today some other deals that went down include Dante Fowler Jr. Believe it or not, traded from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars to the LA Rams for a third-round pick next year and a fifth-round selection in 2020. Fowler, who will join the team, that includes. Uh, Aaron Donald and Indonikan Sue, however, was taken with the third overall pick back in 2015. Uh, mind you, however, will become an unrestricted free agent after the season. He is only 24 years old. He has eight tackles and two sacks in seven games with the Jags this season. And in 39 career games, has 14 sacks and 22 QB hits. Now, he is also, believe it or not, however, has had a long list of off-the-field issues. A couple years ago, he was captured on video apparently refereeing a fight between his girlfriend and the mother of his child. A few weeks later, he was arrested and charged with misdemeanor counts of assault against a police officer resisting arrest without violence. The charges were later dropped. He then became involved in several practice fights and served a one-week suspension in training camp for his practice fight. He was also suspended for the season opener as a result of pleading no contest to charges of battery, criminal mischief, and petite theft stemming from a July incident last year in his home in St. Petersburg, Florida. He has also been issued more than 10 traffic citations in a two-year period. He also missed his rookie season, believe it or not, with a torn ACL and had eight sacks last year, in which he only had two in the Jaguars' uh, championship game to the New England Patriots back in January this past year. Um, like I said, however, um, like I said, another trade that did go down, however, mind you, was, uh, believe it or not, um, the Denver Broncos trading away Demarius Thomas, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however. Uh, getting him to the Houston Texans, if you will, of course, Demarius Thomas, as you know, 
Uh, of course, was a former Bronco. Of course, as you know, going into today, or should I say was a Bronco going into today, if you will. As a result, he was traded earlier today, if you will, to the Houston Texans because of them losing their Superman, Will Fuller V, who tore his ACL last Thursday night, if you will. Uh, the Broncos, as a result, have acquired a fourth-round draft pick from the Texans, and they will also swap seventh-round picks. And if that's not all, they'll be playing each other, believe it or not, this week, however, in Denver. So that'll be very interesting. Golden Tate, of course, was traded from the Denver, excuse me, the Detroit Lions, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third-round draft pick, if you will. And you talk about a big boneheaded play of the weekend, a couple stupid... Uh, mistakes, however. Pat Schumer earlier today found out that his rookie backup quarterback Kyle Luetta was arrested early this morning for various motor vehicle and related disorderly persons offenses pertaining to a traffic violation in Weehawken, New Jersey. Luetta was trying to make a right turn from the wrong lane in his Jaguar to get to Route 495 West, according to a statement by the police department of Weehawken. He was told to keep going straight, however, but Luetta almost struck an officer while making the illegal turn and then, quote, refused various instructions after he was stopped by another officer at the end of the ramp. He was charged with eluding police, obstructing administration of law, resisting arrest, reckless driving, disregarding an officer's directions, improper turn, and a marked traffic lane, and failure to remain in a marked lane. So, uh, Pat Schumer and the Giants, who are really having a tough season right now with Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, among others, however, continue to just really just look like fools, no pun intended, if you will, however, mind you, however, because of what happened here in this whole thing with Loretta, and as we said, folks, uh, right now, of course, a lot of people are not very happy about his little incident, if you will, however, mind you, however, involving, like I said, however, this whole thing, however, uh, a lot of people absolutely not very happy about the actions of Mr. Loretta, mind you, however, uh, last night, or should I say very early this morning, if you will, and like I said earlier today, Coach Pat Schumer definitely had a lot to say about that at his weekly press conference, if you will. A lot of people, uh, like I said, very disgusted with the way things are going on in that city right now. Of course, as you know, uh, not only is Pat Schumer having a tough time this season with the Giants, who are really, really uh, struggling, if you will, however, at 1-7, and seven, if you will. They are also, like I said, having a lot of issues off the field, too, with their quarterback, uh, brother Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, if you will, who uh, right now is just really, really uh, having a rough season, to say the least. And despite the fact that rookie uh, Penn Stater Saquon Barkley is, uh, let's just say, having a, like I said, a, a tough go at it, mind you, there is a lot of people also talking about right now, however, uh, that right now that those guys, however, uh, referring to Barkley and uh, Manning and Odell Beckham, that two of those guys might be back next year. Uh, possibly uh, Beckham might be one of them, depending on uh, they uh, decide to sell out the rest of his contract, which, by the way, he got a big contract earlier this summer. Uh, Barkley, I know, will be back. I mean, this is his rookie year, and I know right now he's not used to losing, Howard, and he's having a rough go at it right now. That's understandable, uh, to say the least, Howard. But I'll tell you right now, I mean, he is really having a really rough time at this point, however, at, uh, like I said, however, he's really having a rough go at it this season. In New York, however, I know for a fact uh, there's been a lot of talk that he's really getting impatient with losing. Uh, he's having a tough time uh, just biting his tongue, no pun intended, if you will, uh, like I said, with what's happening. But I'll tell you right now, uh, I would not be surprised, like I said, if there's some big changes coming up this season, this off season, whether uh, Eli decides to retire or play another year or two, that remains to be seen. We really don't know at this point. 
but I will say this: how I think right now that, the, like I said, the status as far as Pat Schumer goes, even though he's been around a couple years already, and they only had um, the prior coach. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was. Uh, got fired last year. Uh, I would say the Giants again might have to make a major house cleaning here as far as coaching goes. At this point, I really don't know how much longer they're going to continue this whole thing. Uh, like I said, I really don't know. At this point, your guess is, like I said, as good as mine. Uh, but that being said, we'll have to wait and see what happens, folks. But I can tell you right now, it has uh, become a very heated scene, to say the least. It really has, no pun intended. Uh, like I said, however, um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I can tell you right now, it has become a very ugly incident, let's just say, in uh, New York, however, to say the least. I can tell you right now, uh, right now, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, right now, not only the, uh, like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, your guess is good as mine, folks. Your guess is good as mine, however, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, but that being said, folks, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll only, we'll, we'll figure it out when the time comes. But, uh, right now, I can tell you right now, however, like I said, we'll wait when the time comes. But right now, uh, like I said, only time will tell. Uh, I do know, like I said, folks, it has become a very ugly scene in New York, uh, with not only the Giants, but the Jets. I mean, they're becoming more and more just absolutely horrendous, to say the least. I mean, Todd Boyles is not working for them, I feel. Although they got a good quarterback, I'll tell you right now, Sam Darnold. I do like him a lot, and I think he has a great future ahead of him. Uh, unfortunately, however, I think he might be in for rough sledding again next year. Just like this year, he's had a tough go at it so far. Uh, like I said, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but uh, that's just me. Like I said, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens there, folks. Uh, you never know, however. Like I said, only time will tell, however, uh, in time. So... There you go, folks. Not much else to say um, except uh, thank you so very much for joining us here tonight. Again, I do want to thank the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, for joining us tonight. Uh, mind you, uh, he had a lot to say, as did I. Uh, we'll be back at 9 o'clock. Of course, don't forget, King N.W. George Hugh Smith and I will be back in the time machine again next week. Hopefully, he'll be with us then, along with the Blackwood and the rest of the panel. Way too tough to handle as well. So, folks, uh, so thank you very much for joining us tonight. And before we go tonight, however, again... Uh, on behalf of myself and the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie, and I also want to express my thoughts to John and Michelle, the rest of the panel, too, and everyone out there. Uh, thank you so very much uh, for your prayers and well wishes for my Fonzie's hometown of Pittsburgh. It has been a very rough couple of days, to say at least after what happened this last weekend and what was a very scary, horrifying, tragic heartbreaking, no pun intended, incident that occurred here. And those of you who have left messages with me, either through my Facebook wall or by my cell phone, I appreciate that. I really do from the bottom of my heart. And I would like to say thank you all for your prayers and well wishes. Uh, we're still battling with what has been a very trying time here in my hometown and Fonzie's hometown of Pittsburgh over the last couple of days after what happened this past weekend. But we will overcome this, as I said yesterday on Raw Radio, and I'm going to say it again here tonight as we close out the show here tonight. We will uh, find a way to, um, let's just say, come back together, rebuild this again eventually, but it's going to take some time. 
but on behalf of myself and Fonzie, I do want to thank everyone in the panel and everyone out there, too, for your well wishes and thoughts uh, for my hometown of Pittsburgh. It has been a trying time over the last few days, however, and it's going to take a little longer, however, to uh, try to rebuild the city. But like I said, it hopefully won't last long. But I do want to thank you all uh, from the bottom of my heart uh, for your thoughts and prayers, and especially to those people who lost uh, family members this past weekend after what happened last Saturday. Uh, my thoughts and prayers are all with you, certainly without question. And everyone here in the panel on the show and off the show, however, our same prayers for you as well, however, and you're in our uh, hearts every day, no question about it, and we'd like to wish you, uh, like I said, our deepest, deepest heartfelt condolences as well. So thank you very much. Um, on that note, folks, I guess we're going to take you out for the evening. I guess there's not much else to describe. Uh, and as we take you out tonight, folks, how I think it's only fair we play this very sentimental tune from one of my favorite entertainers, however, of all time, however... Uh, Billy Joel, and this comes from one of his finest hits from 1978 called Rosalita's Eyes, how named after his mother, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, who was in her 90s, and he dedicated it to her shortly after her passing. So, on behalf of uh, Mr. Joel, however, and friends and fans of his, how we play the song for you now, ladies and gentlemen, as we close out the evening. It's Rosalita's Eyes. We will talk to you again at 9 o'clock and again next week. Back here with episode 144. So finale on for the human suplex machine. This is the Iceman saying so long from ringside. And now here's Rosalita's eyes as we take you out for the evening.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.